Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hello. And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Tonight we're talking about the Creepshow movies, which are a uh, tribute to the, you know, the EC com. Is it EG or EC? EC, EC Comics. EC, yeah. Like Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, all of those. There was, there was a big, there was a big era where they were incredibly scandalous and they were a big deal in horror back then. When when most horror movies were very bland and like without any violence, and these were all about like dirty philanderous people and people like secretly t- plotting people's murders and stuff, and it was very it was very dirty and tawdry and it was not not of the time. And and I guess these guys like George Romero and Tom Savini and Toby Stephen Hart. King all grew up with this stuff, and they wanted to you know just kind of shed light on it because honestly, I wouldn't know about this stuff. If it wasn't for this, and we probably wouldn't have had a Tales from the Crypt TV show if it wasn't for these movies, I think. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, I grew up with a really strong, like, love affair with the EC Comics, just being a comic fan. Um, so it was really, like, this always felt like it went so perfectly with all of that. And yeah, you're right. I mean, they, this, I feel like, is is the ultimate love song to those vault, Tales from the Vault and Tales from the Witch mm-hmm. and all those that yeah. were, like... Even when we were growing up, like, it was scandalous to have those in my collection. Like, I would hide them at the bottom of my collection because I didn't want my parents to find them. Like, because they were, like, they were naughty. They were naughty. I was kind of scared of them, honestly, because, like, there was something about, like, when you're a kid, like, certain things were, like, always a certain way. Like, cartoons, comic books were always a certain way. And it wasn't until, like, the late 80s where that shit started changing up hardcore. And they're like, you know what? Let's get crazy violent. Let's Mm -hmm. have sexual situations in comic books. And, like, there's a whole big scandal with that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think it really kind of formed our, like... Like, for me, comics and, like, the way it evolved definitely was part of my personal evolution and understanding of, like, sex, guns, and rock and roll and violence and shit, you know? And, uh, I dig it. And I have to admit, as a kid, A, I didn't realize this movie was meant to be funny and ironic. And B, it scared the shit out of me. Oh, man. As a kid, Creepshow 2 was one of the first horror movies I ever saw. So, first boobies, sweet. 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 Some good boobies. Unfortunate situation, but the boobies were were like top quality boobies. I was I was all about them. Yeah. I was like, whoa Grade A triangles, Jackie. That's are. right. They were good. They were good. But like the fact that they had this cartoon wraparound story with like horror elements in the cartoon, that fucked me up more than anything mm-hmm. in this movie, I think. Same in both. What scared me the most was the beginning with that skeleton that the kid like sends to get revenge, mm-hmm. and yeah. then in the second one, Tom Savini as the creeper scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I like. I always felt like comics and like cartoons were like a safe place because I knew what <laughs> horror movies were when I was a kid, and I kind of dipped my toes a little bit, but I didn't watch anything too crazy. I think Labyrinth was even too scary for me at the beginning <laughs> of Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, so and certain weird. parts, certain parts of that movie with the with the really grotesque puppets, but I'm not going to get into that. 
But like comics and cartoons, comics and cartoons, and like video games and stuff are always kind of like cleaned of that stuff because they're yeah. like it's for a younger audience. You can't fuck with that because we're gonna mess up a bunch of kids. So like seeing something was like no, no, we'll do without what, what the hell we want. Adults can read comics with with horror and yeah. and lewdness and stuff in it. Well, I think that's a, a like really strong point. Is who the fuck were these comics for? Because like. Every character is so morally ambiguous and just dirty and bad. Like, there's so few actual good... Like, there's no heroes in these stories Mm -mm. to me. And I always found that really disturbing as a kid because it's like, were these comics made for kids? Because that's who read them, you know? But, like, because they were horror and kids love horror. But, like, man, they messed with my head. There were so many of those EC stories that I would always just be like, but... But I guess it's okay because they were all just shit, like, bad people. Like, it just messed up my moral compass yeah. so bad and probably explains a lot about me as an adult. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> everyone's pretty terrible in these stories. And the Creepshow movies, I think, very much keep that trope alive, which I love. Like, the yeah. ambiguity of it all, mm-hmm. you know? So, you want to dive into yeah, Creepshow let's, 1? We'll, we'll start at the beginning with the original Creepshow from 1982. Where's my cane, Jackie? Jesus Christ, that came out in 1982. 1982. No, well, let's God not forget... Because I, I, I would be remiss in my duty if I did yeah, not. Duty. duty. I would be remiss in my duty if I didn't mention that the wraparound story for the original Creep Show, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins! Tom first, Atkins! First note, Tom Atkins, Sam, piece, Sam. piece of shit stepdad, let's go. I've got Tom Atkins, Sans mustache. <laughs> Hey, it works for him. It does. Mm. He's, he's hey, ca- he can do whatever he wants. He can. He is Tom Atkins. Give me a sexy but I want, mustache. Yeah, I, need, I really need the mustache. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the kid in the rap brand story in the original creep show has like some kind of multiple personality disorder. Oh, I wrote down because he's like he's psycho. yelling at him, and the kid's like, "I'm sorry, Daddy. I hope you rot in hell." Yeah. Like he's oh, like no. bouncing back and forth across all these different emotions. So fucking insane. totally normative. Just I'm here to say that my kids will absolutely be like. Bitch, go to hell. But then they, when they realize, they're like, and if I'm like, oh, well, no dessert, they'll be like, well, mommy, we love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and at this point, I don't care which one is the real personality as long as they don't murder me in my sleep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, all kids have personality disorders, I would argue. That's Jesus fair. Christ. <laughs> I'm never having kids. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm never, ever. I'm Just happy. chop it off. Gone. Chop it all off. I don't yeah, need it. Until a leprechaun comes out of it. <laughs> well, that's how I'm going to get rid of it. I hope you guys enjoy your new leprechaun because I'll be dead at that point. <laughs> well, I'll make jokes over your body. So. Thank you. Thank you. I wait, appreciate it. Which one of us is going to pee on me? Or no, Nate. <laughs> no, Nate wait, pee on so pee on something. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so we don't have to pee on Nate. No. Unless a jellyfish stings you. Then we'll pee on you. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thank and you. then that goes back to the whole aim problem we had. The, That's the right. Yeah. We can't, can't talk about the last episode sorry, too much. Let's sorry, go. I'm sorry. Let's keep on track. Keep okay, so yes, and the creep show skeleton. Even so though, scary. Even so though good. It, it looks like, I looked at it at first, and I'm like, you know, that's like a Halloween adventure, spirit Halloween fucking prop. But then you're looking at it, and then, like, there's kind of, like, that blue light that glows, mm-hmm. and then it points, and I was like, you know what? I'd wet myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wet myself when I was a kid, and I wet myself two nights ago when I watched I, it. I still think that that skeleton is kind of terrifying. It has eyeballs. Yes. That's You know what? That's what it is. It's, it's the, the eyeballs. eyeballs. It's why uh, Evil Dead 2 is one of the scariest VHS mm-hmm. covers, is when you put regular eyeballs oh in a skeleton. Oh my god, that's it, you Fuck guys. that. Yep. Fuck that. Holy crap, that just saved me like 10 years of therapy. You're right. <laughs> it was uh, the eyeballs. It's the eyeballs. Oh god, that scene scared And with the like lightning flashing behind yeah. it. Oh, it scared me so bad. All the best horror movie covers have some eyeball situation going on. Wow. Like like dolls. That, oh, yeah, where she's, dolls, where she's holding the she's eyeballs. She's holding the two eyeballs. No, I'm scared. Yep. I don't watch that movie. Yeah. I've never seen that movie either, and I don't intend to. 
So, uh, so the first story is Father's Day. Yeah. Father's Day. Father's Day. Which, where we have a delightful, yeah. really not bald Ed Harris. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Can we talk about dancing Ed Harris? Because uh, I fucking love it. Woo! Oh my god. I feel like I, I feel myself. like that is the best dancing scene in Jersey Ghouls history because it feels so <laughs> real. I know it's dated dancing, but I feel like that's how people actually danced back then. Dated dancing, motherfucker, that is how I dance. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, I would dance with you if you danced like that, because I'm into it. Like, those guys look like a fun fucking couple, and right? I would yeah. be friends with them. It's too bad they're both dead. <laughs> Me too. They were so fun. They didn't... Okay, I don't think they deserve to die. She maybe did, but he didn't. Ed no. Harris was total collateral damage. I don't I even... Agree. I Well, let's see. I don't know if either of them died, honestly. Well, Ed Harris totally died because he got <laughs> yeah. the gravestone pushed on... Well, it fell on his face well, somehow. that's his own damn fault because he saw that thing about he to fall for, for like, like 45 seconds. I think he was scared if he moved it would fall, but it was clearly still edging like forward and falling on him. Oh, so and he, he also just... had that chick's dead body right next to yeah, him. Yeah, so he was already kind of bugged out. But I'm not sure that the... Because what are they like? Oh, the, the brother the, and sister. The, the children end, like, of the people that they killed just get him. Scared. Yeah, I don't think she died. I don't know if they died. I don't know if the two bratty like end, trust fund kids died. Oh, yeah, he's got like the head. Yeah, on the like plate, grandpa right? or whatever came in. He just wanted his cake and he wanted revenge against his siblings yeah, that murdered out, him. Is, is Father's Day cake a thing? Like I, I don't know. Like you know, you have cake on your birthday, but like is Father's Day cake a thing? Like. Do I get you a fudgy the whale because it's Father's Day? Like I, I mean, I definitely eat cake on Mother's Day, but I also find any excuse to eat cake. <laughs> so Give I'm me the cake. <laughs> Out of the way, I need cake. That's like it's real talk. In like ten years, that's gonna be me with the girls. So I'm gonna be like, "Where's my cake? Where's my cake? I mean, you <laughs> bitch! You dirty bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be fair, he was an asshole. Like he it was pisses asshole. me off that he gets to come back and kill everybody because he was an asshole yeah well but you know what though if you're screaming for cake and at the end that's not cake on a plate that's somebody's head mm-hmm. you can't eat that that's not good <laughs> you can't put a little fucking duncan Hines on that and call it cake Just well here's the thing i think that he was like senile and all dementia up and shit and that's why he was <laughs> screaming about cake I think that's what the situation was because I, I can relate. I can relate to this situation, you know, trying to do something nice for a loved one and they're not all the way there and you're like, fucking, I'll fucking poison your fucking cake. You keep fucking yelling at me. It's, you don't really want to do it. You're not going to bedeal you fucking ashtray smash anybody, but you think it sometimes. Did you guys well, notice the ashtray in yes. all the other vignettes? I yes. saw it in... Um, in I, well, no, I only saw it in... And in... And in uh, the Hitcher, right? Is it really? Yeah. I saw, uh, the only other place, I only saw it twice. I looked for it after I noticed it. In something to tide over. Leslie That's right. Nielsen it was like, it next to his bed. Mm-hmm. And in the bedroom at the beginning of the Hitcher, it's there, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Asher. The, the, the crate, years. I don't think it is. I didn't yeah. see it. but Yeah. Uh, also... If I bonk you on the head with an ashtray, do you die right away? If it's a marble ashtray yeah, that and shit you bring heavy. that shit down fast yeah. enough, right. oh yeah. That's a, that's a especially, bludgeon to the head. Especially an old man's brittle skull, mm. boom, done. Yeah, yeah easy. I think Dude, so. Dude, and I feel, I'm going to go on record as saying that I feel really bad for Belinda because like she's got this fucked up abusive father, right? Or yeah. sibling. Yeah. Father. No, that's Bedelia's yeah. father. Yeah, that's her and father. And he's like a dick. And, and she fucking loses her shit and kills him. And you can tell that since then, her life has been shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it, she had her fucking love of her life. Like, law, you know, all this other fucked up shit happened. 
And then she just gets killed by the dad at the end. Yep. It's such a fucked up story, man. Like, All these stories like, are like that, yeah, though. You yeah, like, there's, there's no, no happy endings There's here. no feel-good Tales from the Crypt involved <laughs> yeah. horror story Very that true. has ever happened. Uh, I beg to differ slightly, and I'll get to that when we get to that story with my theory. Okay. okay. I have. A, I felt very Marissa because I have Ooh, a theory. Ooh, I did so, some research. <laughs> so, any, so let's let's fast forward yeah, to this next one. Um, uh, old man comes back to life and 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 he gets his Father's Day cake and yeah. it's very and it's, it's very it's head. very like they have close-ups of people's faces with like bright right li- bright red lights that, behind yeah. them and they're like oh <laughs> their jowls are all slobbering yeah. all over. The, it's amazing. I love. The style of this movie yeah. is so the much. The transition when it goes from real to life the yes, to the comics. Yes, to the comics. Yes. They're perfect. They Me look too. so I good. I, I think it. I think that they definitely use the comic books as storyboards for these movies or for these segments. I, yeah, oh, yeah. I agree. I feel like I need I would need to like dig through all these comics and try and find these. I don't know if all of them are actual EC Comics stories, but I think a lot of them are. Yeah. Well, I think At least Stephen in King the, wrote a few of them too. And the second one he did. I'm not sure about the first one. The second mm-hmm. one, the the middle story is definitely um, com- yeah. something. No, it's something from Skeleton Crow. In the second one, yep. yeah. The um, the lonesome death of no no no, no that's the first uh, one. Oh, second, you mean like the, the second raft. one, as in the second yeah. movie? Oh, yes. I thought you meant the second. Oh, no no story. no, the okay. second. Oh, all right, so second let's move creature. on. Let's move on to because we're talking about Stephen King. Let's move on to the Stephen King segment of Creep Show. This is like Stephen King's time to shine as an actor. <laughs> And he plays a goofy hillbilly yep. who finds Old a meteor, a meteor, yep. in his lawn and touches it and starts growing grass all over his body, and oh. and it's just it's it's I hilarious. Feel, yeah, I feel super bad uh, no. because he's so poor. He doesn't like think of like going to a doctor. He's like he thinks fifty bucks or is two or two hundred bucks for a meteor oh, is a lot it's of so money. Sad, that part. Oh, this guy is screwed. But like this is just like he just signs his death warrant by fucking with this meteor, mm-hmm. and then he just it's just about his anxiety and insecurity for the rest of the segment until he finally eats shit and blows his head off. Yeah, I said that this one actually you know for as funny as as Stephen King is being, he's kind of like that podunk, like, oh, Jordy, you really done mm-hmm. it to yourself this time. At the same time, though, I think that this story does play on some real fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got, like, he's, he's he's isolated. He's completely isolated. He lives in the middle of nowhere. You know, like you said, like, he, he thinks $200 is going to, you know, like, make him rich for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. He gets scared. And he starts talking to his dead father and then listens to his dead father because he thinks like, oh, you know, I've got this, you know, green stuff on my fingers. Well, they're going to amputate it. And I'm scared. Like, to me, like, there's just so much psychologically going on. Like, this one kind of like, yeah, this one broke my heart. I understood this one a lot. because It played on some real fears. Because people people have these fears. I mean, you're not going to have grass growing on your body. But, like, I can't count the number of times that, like... Some stupid cold or something has made me feel like I am a lot sicker than I actually am. And, like, just having all these, like, delusions of grandeur. Like, oh, like you're just going to wake up tomorrow and be covered in tumors or something, you know? It might be because of this goddamn movie, honestly. <laughs> this is this is where WebMD got their start. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. But no, like, I can't even imagine if he had WebMD. He probably <laughs> shot himself in the first two you, minutes. If you think about, I like, honestly, people with, you know... Uh, diagnosed mental illnesses that have the delusions of like their bugs crawling all over me or you know I've got grass growing all over me and then he gets to the point where he has accepted his fate and is suicidal and blows his head off yeah like to me this one like kind of very playfully 
touched on some like actual really fucked up things. Yeah, it did. Like, it's no, fa- not me. I thought it was funny. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's mean. just a says scumbag. The, says yeah. the grad school almost it, counselor. It is. It is. It is pretty great. And he thinks that drinking a big screwdriver yes, is gonna fucking kill the plants the in his body. Fucking orange. Juice. He's like, this is gonna get you. I'm gonna that drink a bunch be, of vodka and orange husband. juice. Yeah, my husband would just yeah. start drinking profusely. <laughs> um, I will admit that the idea of things growing on us, like Nate, I think you speak to something really real. That idea that like when some something is wrong with us we so fucking perseverate we think it's so mm-hmm. much worse i also loved all the little odes to stephen king like at the end where it said castle rock and like mm-hmm. the green was heading that way like i like that it's very like plague like at the end where you're like the whole fucking earth is gonna be covered in this shit and at the end the little announcer's like it's a great it's a great day to be green and like i don't know mm-hmm. i just thought yeah. it was so fucking clever oh and yeah i like because i watched this i made my husband watch this with me and he was like god good thing stephen king sticks to writing but i actually think did a great job no, with I, it. I thought that this character was perfectly, like, good. Mm-hmm. It, it works really well for this segment, because mm-hmm. it balances... Because if it was just, like, played completely straight, it would be so depressing to watch this. It would. It would yeah. be really But they kind of... He kind of balances it with his goofy, hillbilly character. But that's... I mean, EC always had those jokes. Like, it always relieved the horror with really goofy shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I... I feel like always... Like, I think those comics without that dark humor would have been too much for me as a kid. Yeah. I think it was the humor that made it okay. Like, I was so horrified, but I was laughing, so it was okay. Oh, I love these movies. Yeah, yeah. me too. All right. All right, that's a good so, one. Though. So it's that's crazy. a good segment. What's the Definitely next makes one? Me itch the next one, uh, something to tide you over. Oh, man. Leslie Nielsen and Ted oh, Danson. Fucking Dude, Teddy D. This coming is Teddy in strong. D. Young and good looking. Dude, this one to me is the mic drop of this movie. It is. Yeah. It's real good. So yeah. good. It's real good. And if I could just George Romero geek out for a minute, like his directorial style really shines in this one. Because if you look at like Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead, the way like he loves to like jump between the different shots and like when the, all the different camera angles and the shadows that we see, but the characters don't like this one to me is where it's quintessential Romero that brings the tension to it. Mm-hmm. And it just because I know I'll never get it again, it makes me so happy because like yeah. when people shit on Romero, I'm always like, if you go back and watch his movies, there is a lot of brilliance and a very auteur style there that people steal all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I always say that about, like, the Paranormal Activity movies and all these fucking found... A lot of these people have a lot to owe to Romero's style. And this particular segment really shows how he do. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, when yeah. he's watching all of the, all of the TVs yeah. and, like, just like they just start popping off mm-hmm. and stuff, there's so many good sections. The, just, like... Just seeing someone buried up to their neck Ugh. with water washing in mm-hmm. gives me so much anxiety. Me too. It doesn't even matter that they're not in any danger what at a all. I can't. Up way to die. I can't imagine a situation where that's not dangerous. Yeah. What a like, fucked even up way to die. even if it's just for a movie. I'm like, how is Ted Danson not dead? How did he not drown? <laughs> and Leslie Nielsen plays this movie so well because he's so good at being so fucking creepy mm-hmm. while still being so fucking adorable and lovable. Like, I don't know how he does And I don't, things. I honestly, like, I know he has a, a very, or had, a very long and storied, wonderful career, mm-hmm. but the Leslie Nielsen that I know mm-hmm. is Naked Gun. Yep. And, yep, like, I don't know a not funny Leslie Nielsen, yeah, so either. to see him in this, I'm like, oh, honey, put the gun down. Not, like, it, it gets, it's, yeah. to me, it's so weird to see it's him jarring. not yeah. being slapstick. But Jackie, when, I think you'd be yeah. surprised at how many movies he's the villain well, I'm in. Sure, so I think you've said that before, like, yeah. and that, like, really does blow my mind, because, yeah, I, you know, Airplane, Naked Gun, Dracula mm-hmm. Dead and Loving It, like, yep. I know my very goofy Leslie Nielsen, so to see him 
like, you know, be the bad guy. That, to me, that's unsettling in itself because I don't know that side of him. I think that when he was younger, he never looked younger, but I think, like, <laughs> this era is when he was doing all his bad guys, and I think he, like, in the, the autumn years of his life, I think he wanted to, like, lighten it up a bit yeah. and not be, like, a terrible, like, woman be- like woman beater and all this shit. Like, he, wouldn't, he didn't want to do that anymore. He'd done that enough times. He just wanted to be a goofy, clueless old man punching the president yeah. in the face. That's all he wanted to do. And he, like, very much, like, in this movie, plays both sides so well. Like, there are moments where he's so scary, and then, like, the moment where he's, like, kind of, like, dancing or, like, make a joke. Like, it's just so mm-hmm. beautifully played. It's so good. The line between horror and comedy in this one is so perfect. And I love, I gotta give them props because they managed to make me che- somehow like dancing and the chick as being, like, cheaters. Yeah. In spite of myself. Because I'm usually like, fuck you, cheaters! But, like, I kind of root for them, and I feel bad. And, like, when she's drowning, she calls out Harry's name and all that. Like, mm-hmm. there's something a little sweet about it, and... Having to watch pers- the person you, like, madly love, like, drown to death, that's so fucked up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. like, but then again, it turns again, and at the end, the tension when he's walking through the house gets me every time. It's just a really well done can I, segment. Can I just point out that the spooky music in this section is just minor key Camptown races? <laughs> it's not. It totally is. Go listen to it. That's it's, hysterical. It's just Camptown races in a minor key... With, like, some creepy, like, like pad strings underneath <laughs> of it. And it's, I'm like, this is spooky, but it's, at the same time, it's fucking Camptown races. I'm devastated that they didn't call Goblin in for that one. That's oh, all man. I'm gonna say. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it's, br- I think this segment is the most brilliant of the whole it's movie. It's super good. Yeah, yeah. I like the crate a lot, too, so let's talk about the crate. Let's talk about yeah, the, crate. the crate. With, uh... Adrian... Adrian Barbeau. Barbeau. Barbeau, thank you. I don't know any of the other actors, but I think that the, yeah, the two in. older gentlemen in this were, recognized... in some, were in some things, and yeah. I probably should know them, but... I recognize the guy who played Henry, but I don't know what I know him from, but I also know that, like, I know him again with a mustache. We're going back to the mustache again. <laughs> but I know Henry with a mustache and something. Henry with a mustache. Yeah. So, so are you ready? Are you ready for my theory? This, yeah, this is the one Henry. where I have my theory. Let's talk. So, Henry is married to Adrian Barbeau, Barbeau mm-hmm. who plays Billy. 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 Call me Billy. Call Everyone me else does. She's like the biggest loudmouth, like, oh, I tell it like it is douchebag. So they're married. Um, I kind of like Billy. <laughs> I think I think Henry's gay. <laughs> I think Henry's gay. And Henry is in love with Dex. And if you look at the way that Henry looks at Dex mm-hmm. throughout the party in the beginning... I think it's, like, kind of a very longing look. Yeah. Obviously, he hates his wife, and they just mm-hmm. show how obnoxious she is. And then, skip to the end, he almost, he, he blackmails him into weekly dates. Twice, twice a week dates. Because yeah. he's like, yeah. he's like well, you're not going to say anything. He's like, no, I'm not going to say anything. He's like, good, so you'll be here twice a week for chess. All he wants to do is hang out with Henry. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, Henry only wants to, he just wants to hang out with Dex. Dex. And he basically blackmails him into twice a week chess dates with with Dex. So I think Henry, I, I think this is some sort of allegory, and, and Henry is in love with Dex. Ooh, I like oh, that a I lot. I like that theory. That's yeah. a good theory. Yeah. Can I like we just, that a lot. Can we talk about him imagining killing his wife? <laughs> so the first time he does it, like, you don't know what's <laughs> happening. He's just like, hey, Billy. And she's like, what? <laughs> and she turns around, and he pulls out this dirty, hairy fucking pistol, shoots her square in the forehead, Everyone around the party who's been disturbed by how obnoxious this lady is just starts golf clapping like, excellent shot, Henry. Wow. 
right in the face. <laughs> I love it so much. It, it cracks my shit up. Guys, real talk. I often worry that that's me. No, no, that's not you. <laughs> that, like, Matt fantasizes about killing me, and in his fantasy, all of you would be like, thank fucking thank God. Thank God, yeah. finally. <laughs> so that seems to hit, like, those hit a little too close to home for me. So. Oh my. <laughs> no, I feel bad for her, too, because it doesn't <laughs> seem too. like, like, Sorry. she's annoyed by his friends, but she, if Jackie's theory is correct, maybe she just senses that something is going on there. Beard. And yeah. she's like, get him the fuck out of here before I get home. Yeah. Because she doesn't, I don't think she really asked, I don't think she's really, like, that annoying. Unlikable. She's like, put your dishes away, don't leave your dishes in the sink to soap, which is a normal That's thing, fair. I yeah. think. She doesn't do anything that's yeah. too offensive over the course of this segment. I agree. She's, like, she's loud just, and she's just loud. But I feel like, again, it plays to the trope of, well, a girl shouldn't be too loud and obnoxious. You know, like, a guy who's loud and obnoxious is the life of the party. A girl who's loud and obnoxious needs to get shot in the head. Like, it's yeah. an interesting trope. Listen, I'm just at. saying... I would give Adrian Barbeau a run if I was alive during that time. I know she's as old as my father is now. <laughs> she's but not that old. Yes, she is. She's doing that podcast. She's in her seventies. She's old people can't do podcasts. She's in her seventies. She's in her. She's a couple years younger than my father, but she's in her seventies, dude. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll Sorry, she was born in like no, 1945 or something. I'm not yeah. even joking. Well, I don't think we can talk about this without talking about what's in the crate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the actual crate. The... This shit used to scare me so <laughs> much when I was a kid. This was the segment in this movie that scared me the most. Because there's so many long, drawn-out, tense sequences where someone's getting really fucking close to that box. And you know that crazy gorilla yeti monster is in there and it's gonna fucking bite someone's neck out. Ugh. I didn't like it. This is something that still like kind of bugs me out about this movie. I think to me, one of the scariest scenes is when it's just kind of like soft focused around the. It's just the, the just Yeti's the eyes? eyes peering out of the crack of yes. the box, mm-hmm. and you just see these like yellow eyes, mm-hmm. and that's it. That agreed is one of the scariest. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Whenever I go on Expedition Everest in Disney, where the Yeti's waiting at the top. This is such an embarrassing truth, but I always close my eyes and I don't want to see the monster because it reminds me of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I go on this adorable Disney roller coaster where there's, like, an animatronic Yeti and I'm always like, no! (laughs) Because I don't want to see it. Not today, Satan. Not today. today. (laughs) Get back in your crate, motherfucker. Like, it really creeps me out. So, Uh, I'm with you. I don't like Yetis. (laughs) Yeah, so I think this is the scariest sequence of this entire movie. Really? Yeah, I think so. I I think that the other sequences are really well made and good Mm -hmm. horror, but I think this is the actual, like, the the most tense, scariest part of this movie is this sequence. And it's funny because a lot of the actual, like, uh, segment is not scary, and it's just people at a party mm-hmm. or like just talking about boring life shit. But then once they shift to, once you know that fucking box is there, mm-hmm. and they start messing with the box, that's when it starts like really ramping up. It is. They do a good job. With and attention. it's it's so bloody. There's mm. so much blood in this one. Yeah, yeah. It's a very like old school Romero blood fest at the end there. I love it. Yeah, and Sav- like a very typical Savini style. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, that's so good. Oh, I love it. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the the last. Oh, the last one. uh, The last one in this movie is they're creeping up on you. Oh man! And if uh, you've got any bug fears, turn this one off. Uh, Yeah, I. Here's your social commentary, guys. Yeah. yeah. This is this is it. This is yeah, the big social yeah, commentary totally. one of this movie. I agree. About classism and stuff. Oh, man. First off, whoa, 1982 technology. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was really impressed um, 
during the Leslie Nielsen section that he had that whole TV set up, like the yeah. cameras. Yeah. Like, with, I don't know how he was transmitting that signal. If this is like a I private beach, it. like behind his house, or what the deal was. Yeah. But but man, he had it all set up. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about let's talk about crazy computers. Crazy computers and bugs and people with OCD. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. everything this, was... This one's the one that really... So, yeah, like, I, when you talk about mental health and, like... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's so sterile. Just, the, the, like, the whole environment. Like, he's got white gloves on, and everything is just white and clean, and there's hardly anything there. Like, mm-hmm. it's just his computer equipment and nothing else, and everything is just that... Sterile is the only word that kept coming to. He's got vacuum trash. He He's got a vacuum trash. trash system. So whenever you see an insect in this room, it is super obvious. It is very disturbing. You start getting the itchies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's start, my note. Now I'm itchy. <laughs> you start getting the itchies yes. during this segment because it's you can't like hide a roach in this environment. It's so bright. It's so white. Every single insect in this segment is super obvious. And even if the character doesn't see it, you'll see it. And you'll imagine it's running over the back Ooh. of your neck. I'm not a fan, you guys. Full disclosure. <laughs> I don't like movie. I don't like buggies. Um, when we were in Disney, because Florida has some fucking fucked up bugs. I'm going to just say that off the bat. And I had to keep my door propped the entire time because I was a chaperone. And literally this ginormous motherfucking bug was in my bed. And I did not want to sleep in that bed for the rest of the trip. And because I just, I, so this part, I'm not going to lie, I have a tough time getting through this. I have a tough time getting through that stupid movie with Ashley Judd with the bugs. Like, I am not a bug person, because once I think they're crawling on me, it doesn't go away easily. So I will Scott Roger this part, just because I don't want to watch them crawling all over me. No, I remember in college, I had a friend that lived in Arizona for a while, and she said, like, one of your rituals every night before you go to bed is you pull your covers back to make sure there aren't oh, scorpions God. in your bed. Oh, God, is yeah. that real life? That's real life. No. Real life, baby. Scorpions <laughs> biting nope. at your toes. No, now I'm going to... <laughs> Don't do <laughs> it. <laughs> no, because I won't sleep tonight, and then Matt will. Well, you should have some socks on. I am definitely, first of all, I am definitely checking my sheets from now on forever. Well, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to be safe. No. Yeah, I don't think there's too many scorpions <laughs> no. in my, New Jersey. And then the worst part about the bug in my bed is that my vice principal kept telling me he was putting more in my bed when I wasn't looking, and I could the one night I legit couldn't sleep because I thought they were crawling on me. So oh. no, I don't want to talk about this segment. You guys have fun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's an old man. He owns some kind of company. That makes he's a lot of money. Of I'm not sure, yeah. and he's a real dick bag. Yeah. He doesn't ever leave his room. It seems like he's like agoraphobic, right? Yeah, I yeah. think he's agor- like incredibly agoraphobic, but somehow has become successful despite all of that. Um, and he just acts like a complete shit to everyone. That's true. And you're just like the whole time you're like, fuck this old guy. So at the end, of the, at the end, he gets surrounded by bugs, and the lights go out, and then when the lights come back on, they just start pouring out of his body. By the handful, like, blah, 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 blah. and the last shot is the room, the the safe room he's in. It's supposed to be like the safest room from the bugs hum- and germs. Sealed. It's filled. How does like, this not bother you? The fucking part from the fucking puppet masters you could watch, and this just you're laughing because it's not coming out of his mouth. It comes out of his neck. Man. It's different. Um, so the room is filled like waist high with fucking riches at the like end. It's so gross. Ugh. It's so gross. But yeah, fuck this guy. This is just a simple <laughs> morality true. tale. Yeah. yeah. But it, there's definitely, you know, some, because he's just, he doesn't care, but he thinks other people are the insects and he lives on the top floor of this high rise. He doesn't even know what an actual person is like. The closest he comes to human interaction is uh, Mr. White, who works at the desk. 
who only interacts with him through the door and hates the shit out of this guy. <laughs> and just, like, talks him all condescendingly, but still does his job well. But he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, we'll take care of you real well. The whole time he's like, fuck this old fucking white piece of shit. Yeah. Anyways, he, he fucking gets eaten by bugs, and it's really gross. Yeah, and you're right, Nate. There's such a good, like, classist, um, like, statement here, and even mm-hmm. racist statement here. I think Romero, in true Romero style, puts in some really good moral, uh, like, a moral fabric to this one. But, yeah, boo! Yeah, it's, my most, it's mostly that. about the bugs pouring out <laughs> of this guy's fucking body at the end. Well, Worse. when they break through the and, skin like, on his chest, they right, just come. Right, I think, I think I listened to, I think I listened to, like, someone talking about this section. I think they actually had to, like, physically, like, like put, like, throw the bugs, like, out because they weren't crawling out of his neck hole fast enough. They so they're just, like, it's, so, like, it's someone's, it's, like, I th- yeah, I think it's Tom Savini's hand, like, pushing bugs up out of this guy's neck. So that's pretty much it for Creep Show. We finished the wraparound story. Um, the little kid gets a voodoo doll to torture his father yeah, with. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't he buy it? Like he, it's one of those little coupons in the back of the comic book because mm-hmm. they always sold like the X-ray glasses and that. Yep. And so, well, Tom. Speaking of Tom, Tom Savini, him and some other guy play trash man, and they mm-hmm. find the comic book and they're like, "Oh, someone already took out the voodoo doll. You can't get that one." I gotta tell you, like, uh, there's two thoughts I had. Number one, every parent in the 80s was, like, Tom Atkins' character. And number two, man, and them's were the days. Like, if I ever even remotely talked to my kids like that, they would literally call Dyfus on me. Like, they would not, they would be like, how fucking dare you? Like, thanks, <laughs> them's were the days, bro. You just gave a good whack like Tom Atkins, and you were done and done, and then they made voodoo dolls of you. Oh, so. man, I've gotten a whack in my just, time. Oh, who didn't, right? Back in the oh, day? Yeah. You never got a whack? I'm gonna I, got, one right I got now. smacked. I got smacked once. I remember once getting smacked. No, no, twice. Once, uh, like, very little, we were having, like, some sort of family party, and Brian told me to, you know, basically like, pull my dress up and show me <laughs> my underpants, so I did. Uh, and then and the, other, tits. the other time that I did it was, I was a little bit older, and Brian and I were fighting, and I decided to get him in trouble, so I slapped myself really hard, and then went crying to my parents, and they <gasps> bought it for, like, a split second until they noticed that, like, an eight-year-old's hand versus, like, the 16-year-old's hand. Yeah, I had this tiny little handprint on my Oh, uh, Jackie. <laughs> Jackie, that's deep. <laughs> oh, man, I can't, even, I can't even tell you how many times I got beat yeah, as a kid. I, mean, I, got, I got the belt. I got the wooden spoon. I got the, oh, the, yeah. the spaghetti strainer. That one's got less air resistance, and it vibrates more when it hits you. So it's like... <laughs> Oh man, I've gotten it all. I got the chancleta. You don't know paid till you get a chancleta at your head. You get boy. the you get the hand. Even yeah. the hand was the enough. Open palm was enough. Oh man. Yeah, and I'm I'm fairly certain that both times that I got quote unquote smacked, it was like yeah, it was <laughs> dink dink. Don't probably, do that again. And you got it coming in both of those instances. Oh, let me tell you what. And I'm sure I cried bloody murder both times oh. because that you know one's both princess. Yeah, no, I was I was a piece of shit. I broke my little brother's I broke my little brother's foot in a wrestling move. Oh my god! I deserved I deserved to get my ass beat sometimes. Oh, I was a shit too. Yeah, yeah I, I was had a little shit kid. I'm not gonna even try and fucking church it up. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I was a bad kid. So creep show. Creep show two. Creep show. Let's move yeah, on. 1987. Yeah. Creep show two. Yeah. I know for me this is a favorite, but I think it's a favorite just because I've seen this one more. This one, I think, is one of those, mm. again, it, like, popped up on HBO, like, one summer, like, mm. at least twice a day, and yeah. it's something I always watched. The music and the animation 
is very, very familiar to me. Like, yeah. the little, the wraparound story. Oh, mm-hmm. wraparound's um, so creepy. With the animation. And, like, for some reason, the music, I, like, I remembered the music instantly. Yeah. So this one, very, very familiar to me. Um, and I also enjoy that before the, it's the cartoon, when the creep is still in physical form, mm-hmm. just makeup on, he, uh, his chin is shaped like a ball sack. Yeah, that's Savinia there. I, yeah. yeah, that is Savinia. I gotta say, I think they went a little overboard with that makeup. I don't. Think I was they, into it. I don't think they needed to do. I mean, yeah, I get they're trying to make him look like the comic book character, but it's a bit weird when you're like right next to a normal person. <laughs> you know, it's it's a bit ridiculous, but it's okay. And they have to do the 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 um what is it the post the the audio overdubs mm-hmm. because he's got a ridiculous mask on probably couldn't hear tom talk at all no it, they didn't even let him do the lines it was someone else that recorded it oh really yeah because yeah. i looked at the ending someone else did the voice um so yeah was... i think i think everything about this sequel is a little ridiculous like I, I don't think i don't i love it don't get me wrong yeah. but i definitely think it's like a little over the top you know like i don't know well i mean it's like the first one is is so good. It hits so many different. I love the first one. It yeah. hits yeah. so many different like types of horror. Yeah, and like it's like a invasion horror before there was invasion horrors, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So many things. The, the idea of like the the Native Americans because in body in, horror. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much to on. offer in the first right. creep show, and the second one's yeah. it's fun, but it's more just like you know slasher. It's it, it kind of falls in the slasher trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, fair. more yeah. more than the first one. And it doesn't hit the comedy marks as well, I think. Like, it yeah. doesn't try, but it's not as... Yeah, this one really with, doesn't have with much. With the exception so this, of yeah, the Hitcher. This one only has three stories. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Old Chief Woodenhead. Old Chief Woodenhead. And I call him Chief Grump. <laughs> He's got a grumpy face. Oh, he is grump. a grumpers. Grumpy face. He is a grumpers. Grumpy Frumpletons. So, to be fair, I think this was a moment in American history where we were absolutely kind of coming to terms with some of the fucked up things mm-hmm. that we have done to Native Americans in our country. And the mid-80s saw a big, really, like, un-PC, shitty push to try to rectify some of those wrongs that really just made it ten times worse. Yeah. And so I think this was a very good time for a story like this. And to me, there, I, I kind of love this one. Uh, the the old couple, like, when they die is jarring to me every time. Oh, it's George Kennedy, too. Oh, who's George? I don't know that George name. Kennedy's George in the airplane movies and, and stuff. And Naked Gun. And Naked oh, Gun. Okay. Didn't he play, wasn't he also the one that played the father in the Where's My Cake? Yes. He yeah. was? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was the same guy. Yeah. It was the same yeah. guy. You know what? Yeah, he had a bunch of makeup yeah. on. Yeah, he had the like the stringy movie. hair. And the stringy hair and stuff. I love, okay. yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. What I, one of my favorite parts about it is before Chief Woodenhead, like, actually starts to, like, go, like, get his revenge... I love all the tiny, subtle movements he yes. does. Like, just, like, he'll move his eyebrows, or he'll turn just ever so slightly. I love all the subtle movement that he makes. Mm-hmm. And and then that stupid-ass villain guy who's, like, talking about going to oh, Hollywood in his hair. This, it took me ten years to grow this hair, old man. They're gonna fucking love me in Hollywood. It's time out. That He's dude... Let me tell you what. Sam. His name is Sam. Okay, mm-hmm. Sam, <laughs> if I could address you, Sam. It's called Paul Mitchell... Your hair is frizzy. You need to tone that shit down. Because his little end, you got some split ends. Your hair is frizzy. Get a treatment. Yeah, for somebody who's going on about his hair, mm-hmm. I was underwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it seems like it's thick and supple, but I noticed some frizz. A couple too 
two or three squirts of moose, you're fine. Yeah, I think that was just. I think that was just everyone had fucking ridiculous hair in the '80s. Uh-huh. So his hair probably was pretty like pristine in comparison to all of these people with their moosed up, gelled up shit sticking yeah. up in different directions and whatnot. So, but he was he was really vain for no reason. Yeah, he was. Um, so yeah, so he shows up. So, anyways, this old man. It's it's a dead town. It's a dead town, pretty much. And this old man has a general store, and things going to shit, and everyone's got like tabs on him. So, chief of a nearby Native American village comes by and is like, "We can't afford to pay you, but we want to give you some collateral, so you know that we're not going to split on you. This is precious. These are precious treasures from our village, and we want you to hold on to them." It's a very sweet moment where he's like, "I can't take this." He's like, I can't take it. It's too important. He's like, no. He's like, you can't make us into beggars. Yeah. And he's no, like, that would be a bigger insult than it's anything. Like heartbreaking. So he, so he yeah. keeps it. And immediately his nephew fucking shows up and is like, well, we're going to steal all that shit and we're going to go to Hollywood. And they just ruin all of the fucking, they fuck up the clan. They make them all into beggars by stealing it. And old Chief Woodenhead don't give a fuck. He's like, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. And he goes and he kills everybody. Yeah, one by one, there's there's three there's Sam and his two little cronies, and one by one, Chief Woodenhead, he uh, he put he freshens up his war paint, mm-hmm. and and yeah, he goes out and he he kills everybody. Uh, wait, here's the thing though, so at the end, you know, it's the next day, and Ben, he's the leader from of the Native American tribe. Yeah, he goes to the store and he sees Chief Woodenhead, mm-hmm. who has scalped Sam. He's standing mm-hmm. there with with Sam's hair and everything. And he kind of gives the chief a knowing glance, and he looks, and he can see that the windows are broken out of the store or whatever. He walks away. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, Ben? Your friends are in there. Yeah. Fucking, they just, they died. And he just, like, looks at the store, like, all in shambles, and he's like, all right, chief. I think, and gets back in his fucking car. I think Ben is chill because he doesn't owe anyone anything anymore. He's like, oh, they're dead. Mm, hashtag it's not, not my, my problem. It's not yeah. my oh problem my anymore. <laughs> it's no. kind of fucking shitty. Yeah, it's kind of fucking shitty. <laughs> but, but what are you going to do? Everyone's like, like, it's like we we're talking about with the previous movie. There's not a lot of good people in these in these stories. A lot of them are selfish, awful people, and there's not a lot of people to root for. And unfortunately, it extends to everybody. Uh, well, with as Marissa had said, the very jarring death of the old couple. Mm-hmm. I will say though, they had some long and drawn out death scenes because they get shot, and it was just <laughs> like. Uh... That lady gets shot with it. <laughs> she gets shot with a shotgun point, point blank. blank. And it's just like... Blood. A little splat. Right. A little splat of blood. Right, and she yeah. has enough time to be like... Uh, 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 see, it broke my heart, though. To, like, again, like, watching your love lo- yeah, lo- you life gotta, die. Yeah, you gotta nail it home. Yeah. You gotta really show them, yeah, like, oh, I, this I, is I get it. it. was, like, in, no, uh, in Buffy Oscar. when Pee-wee's character's like... Eh. <laughs> That's what it reminded yeah. me of a little bit. <laughs> can, I, can I just say that when um, Chief Woodenhead cries, he sounds like a sad dino. He yeah. did sound like I said it was Bigfoot in the wild. Yeah. Not to be a Debbie Downer. Oh, no. <laughs> but my other issue with this particular vignette is that here we have Stephen King and George Romero white-splaining. What I can only <laughs> imagine is an incredibly difficult thing to tackle. This idea of, like, the richness of heritage and culture and the idea of Native Americans borrowing and begging off the white man. And, like, there's something a little cringy to me in the fact that, and I did have to confirm that there is no, you know, Native American influence on this film whatsoever, because mm-hmm. no, it's all white guys wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a little cringy to me, but I do like this vignette because I think it has a lot of 
like, the good people die, and then, yeah, even Ben, like, he's like, all right, peace. Like, he's yeah. like, not my problem. Um, but plus, yeah, I think it's a good, sorry. Plus, visually, this, this entire segment is really interesting. I think so, too. Because, yeah. like, the way people die, it'll be like, like, I don't know, you'll see, like, the shadow, and then a fucking a tomahawk comes down, and then blood splatter all over the wall, like, stuff like that is very visually interesting. And they take their time to finally show you him alive, which I thought was fun, because mm-hmm. he was, like, still wooden, and it was cool, I thought. Nice. Yeah. I think the whole... Well, we'll get into this at the end. Let's let's move on. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about the raft. Let's talk about the Cisco Kid, and how pervasive that is to the first two segments. Cisco Kid is this, uh, like, old western show from, like, the, I guess, late 50s, early 60s. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything it's, about Everyone it. is watching it in this first segment. That's where they're talking about, like, Poncho and the Cisco Kid, and everyone's, like, everyone's parents are watching it. In the second segment, when they're going, when they're going to the lake, they're constantly talking about Poncho and the Cisco Kid, like... Oh, that's why mucho, he calls him Poncho! Yeah, he goes, mucho oh. ecological Poncho, he's talking about Cisco Kid, oh. which is a carrier from the first... I wanted to see if there was a thing in the third section, but there's not really... It's all in the car, so I don't think there's I anything. I thought the guy's name was Poncho. No. <laughs> no. It's in the it's in the short story, too. Okay. okay. So I don't I don't know if they just... If he just extended that to the first one, so there's a little more connected yeah. tissue between these two stories, but I don't know. I, I gotta, like, look, like, do some research on Cisco Kid. The second segment, probably, arguably the most famous, yeah. I would say, is The Raft. A.K.A. Trash Bag on the Water. Trash Bag. <laughs> Kill the trash bags. Eat ducks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, a bunch of kids, you know. Douchey teens. Yeah. yeah go into, I guess, like, you know, probably, it, it, I guess it's like the it's fall. A, it's, a, it's like after summer. Yeah. It's, it's the fall. But, you know, they go to this lake where they know that they don't bring the raft in until the water freezes. So the raft is still out there. So, you know, let's just go out, get high. Go swimming. They got the need for weed, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down. Got the need for weed. Yeah, it's just it's a simple story. Even the short stories is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You just go out to the lake, and then they realize, oh, we're fucked, and then they're fucked. Yeah, because this, there's <laughs> this object, there's this creature in the water that that will eat you. And yes. one and one by one, it's it's starting to you know it, the one girl you know goes to touch it, and it reaches up with mm-hmm. kind of like tar like little phalanges mm-hmm. and pulls her in yeah, and then it's like like a venom slimy. symbiote yeah and it just grabs her arm just starts yeah. peeling the skin off with its acidy yeah acidy and then, consistency and then the one guy it starts to come up in between the the wood planks mm-hmm. on the raft oh, and his leg goes straight up when he gets pulled yeah. down oh, that's, I gotta that's say, gnarly i gotta say my favorite thing in this movie is that the effects the special effects in this movie are Agreed. great yes. and they're very well thought out and every death is memorable i think agreed yeah i agree every single death in this movie i think is memorable i hated hated the third like the third person to die on the raft is the girl she like falls asleep because he like pr- like they're like holding each other throughout the night to right. not step the next thing you know this fucking creeper is like lifting her shirt yeah what the fuck t- what the There hell? is no lead up. He's like, I'm a rapist now. Yeah, I'm like, just gonna be super fucking creepy. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's super weird, man. Like, I, I could see, like, I don't know. They're, like, supposed to be college students, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. Hashtag like, me too, bro. Like, this yeah, kid this is so was, creepy. This was, this was extremely cringy. Even though this was our one true triangle boob shot. Like, mm-hmm. she had, she had, this is wow. seriously, like, she had the string bikini tan line. Like, this uh, is definition triangle boob. Yeah, really um, good. But it, it, it's like, you know what, like, do, were they searching for a way to just, like, show a pair of tits in the movie? Like, I don't, like, to me, this felt like there could have been a different way. Like, it just, 
is it in the is I'm it in the story? I'm pretty sure it's in the story too, but I need it's in, I need to read the story again. It's been so long. Yeah. It just seems like it's such an unnecessary moment, and it's like, dude, if you if you like needed to show a pair of boobs, like you could have just in the beginning had the girl like swim like topless. Yeah, topless. Like, I think in the story that you get some inner monologue from this guy about how like sexually repressed he is and everything, how like. That girl's not wearing a bathing suit underneath her shirt, and her nipples are poking through, and he's, like, thinking about it the whole time. So, like, it makes more sense, but without any context, it's super weird, because he just seems like a normal, like, kind of nerdy guy that hangs out with, like, cooler people than him. But all of a sudden, it's like, I'm gonna touch your boobie and put my mouth on it. It's super, super, like, they should have written it better or taken that part out. Right. Like, I'm okay with it being there, as long as you lead up to it. Yeah. And give me a reason for this happening, but it's so, like, out of left field and weird. Which is why I wrote down that Rapey Randy deserves to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, so. yeah, he, after she dies, because, yeah, so he, like, kind of gets all, like, rapey on her, and she's laying there, and it ends up coming through, again, the through planks. The yeah. So she dies, and so he takes the opportunity to be like, okay, well, it's eating her, I'm going for it. And he swims as fast as he can, and he makes it to shore, and he turns around to be like, ha, I beat you. And then the fucking thing, like, makes basically a wave and scoops him up. Yeah, Oops, fuck out of the water. Yeah. yeah. So, fuck that guy. And yeah. then you get to see the, the sign that says no swimming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, is this the longest lasting car battery in, like, the history of oh, car shit, batteries? Oh, shit, man, yeah. <laughs> They're blaring their maiden out there. And, oh, yeah. like, the lights are on. It's been going all night. Yeah. It just won't die. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so deeply disturbed by the fact that she sleeps through that whole thing, and then gets her face eaten off because she's sleeping through it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but if a guy lifts my shirt, starts doing all that, I feel like I might wake up. Maybe. No? She's, she's like, kind of halfway, because she's like, stop, no. And he does she, stop. She does he does stop. stop, too. Oh, I missed that. He does stop. Okay. And mm. as soon as he stops, that's when he realizes that th- bad things are happening. Yeah. Because yeah. he starts doing it, and he's like, no, I feel bad. And he pulls her shirt back down. Oh, he does? Yes, was, he yeah, does. I remember him He doing does that. do that. Because he's, he's getting a little too into it. And then she's like, no, no. And he's like, all right, all right. Well, not the time. We're, we're being attacked by a black blob. Not the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Randy. He, he already crossed too many lines, but at least he does start to double back. Right. But at that point, Not it's that already it's too that late. Much better, it's right? already too late. So fuck that guy. They all die. Oh, they all deserve, don't go yeah, swimming. Don't go swimming when you see lakes are scary ducks. to begin with. Right? Yeah. Let yeah. alone yeah. And then our third entry, third and final, yeah. is the hitchhiker. Oh my another god! Another scumbag. Yeah. Another scumbag. This yeah. lady is terrible. She's the worst. She's terrible. Can I just point out that the man whore was reading it? Yeah, it was on yeah. yeah on his bedstand or or the, the the thing behind his bed the headboard and I swear to God I think I saw the asterisk yeah Did you but might have first I feel like that would I, be... I have to go back and watch again because I don't remember but I swear I thought I was like because I remember Matt had a, I lost Matt somewhere in Creepshow one when we did our double feature and I was like oh, look at and then he was like it was like snoring so I'm pretty sure I saw the ashtray. But, um, yeah, she's a shit. Yeah, she's shitty. She's cheating on her husband with this, with this, uh, gigolo. Can I say that his rates are incredible? Did she just call him a gigolo? I love it so much. That's what he is. That's what he is. It's not her boyfriend. She pays him. No, I know, but it's just funny that we colloquially use the term. Like, they're, like now we don't use that term in real life. Man whore. Man, man whore. I, I did, I did <laughs> write right, down... Back to <laughs> I did write down man whore, but yeah, he's a gigolo. Yeah, he's a gigolo. Can gigolo. I just say that his rates are incredibly generous. Like, if you guys could get off for 25 bucks, 
with a hot dude. I'm calling bullshit on this woman. Six. This is such a male myth because, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I'm not paying. I am at her age. What, like, let's argue, what was she, like, 40? Uh, maybe. 35? Yeah. Probably younger than like me, Ari. sadly. I think, I, no, I think she's more like our age. At this age, I'm paying to not have to deal with that jazz in my life. Right? <laughs> I mean, no, Jackie's I don't like, know. <laughs> rich, rich, privileged, like, housewives with, like, Get a lot of time and, and like, a lot of money. She's not getting any from She's not getting Papa. any from her husband he's, who's going to conventions and stuff. Yeah, he's Poor busy guy. working. Like he's busy working. making the money. So, yeah. so she found a really good she man whore. for free. 150 bucks for six orgasms. That's not that's bad. Pretty that's a, good. That's a bargain. That's all I'm saying. That's, all, that's the and only like point I'm trying flyer, to make. The frequent flyer card, you probably get a discount. Yeah, like she's going to get the seventh one free. Like my burritos. Before she goes, oh, can you punch my card? Yeah, can you punch that? I want to get the freebie. So, Anyway, she's cheating on her husband with this with this man horn gigolo. And she's like, oh shit, I fell asleep. It's really late. I gotta get back before he gets home. So she's driving home and she's like sitting there and trying to justify oh, what she's doing yeah. in the car, saying like, oh, well, he's all gone at the time. You know, it's only his fault and blah, blah, blah. And while she's not paying attention, she hits a homeless hitchhiker guy on the side of the road. Time out. She hits him because of something that I think every smoker has ever done in their entire life. Oh, yes. And that's when you're, and I, I can say as former smoke, all three former smokers in this room, mm-hmm. when you're smoking a cigarette in your car and the cherry falls off yep. between your legs yeah. while you're driving. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. Yes. <laughs> you are going to, you are going to swerve around yeah. the road a bit. And that's why she hits him because that's exactly what happened to her. And my note is like, <laughs> I get Who it. hasn't done that? Yeah. We've all done that. We've all hit we homeless all... guys on the side of the road. We've all done it. Wait, what? What's up, guys? Wait, wait, wait no. Have you not You're not done? recording this, wait, are you? What? Oh, shit. Delete, delete. Delete it. Edit it out. Yeah, no. like that cracked me up because I'm like, who? Who? Tell. I want, if anybody has ever smoked You're, a cigarette yeah, and hasn't exactly done that. exactly what we're talking about. The cherry about. falls off between your legs and you just, you go into panic mode. Best part of your story, my college Dodge Neon had a giant hole right where my crotch was. <laughs> the worst. From a bird that I didn't put out in time. Right, oh, like, no. in the fabric. Oh, and no. I probably swerved around the road quite a bit uh-huh. to get that puppy away from my, my vagine. Fuck so. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, so she hits this hitchhiker, and she's like, oh, he's fucked up. And she sees, like, lights from other cars yeah. coming, she's like, I'm out of here. And she does some fucking, fucking F1 racer, fucking 360 spins. Gets the <laughs> fuck out of there real quick. But the hitchhiker keeps popping up on the side oh of the road God, with signs yeah. like, hey, you killed me, yeah. lady. His like, signs yeah. are my favorite part. And, and she... The, and he gets, like, more and more damaged every time. Oh, yeah. Like, like, that's, like, the special effects of this scene are fun. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Stephen King shows up at that part yeah. as a yeah. truck driver? You know, he looks the least like Stephen King that I've ever seen mm-hmm. him in this. Because yeah. I was like, is that Stephen King? I had to look it up. Because usually he's got, like, a big unibrow mm-hmm. going. Yeah. And, like, just just from the God. movie and TV appearances. Was he appearances. still on coke at that point? Maybe that's the difference. It was one, yeah, probably. <laughs> 87. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So, anyways, he's just like, oh, man, they really splattered that guy. Like, he's, he's great. He's got his great main accent going mm-hmm. on and everything. So the lady keeps running into this hitchhiker, and she fucking runs him over this way, runs him over that way. Eventually, he's on the top of her car. She flips him off. He's on the front of the car, rams him into a tree, thinks he's finally dead, gets home. Motherfucker's under her car, crawls out, and is like, his face is awesome. This image, when I was, like I said, this is one of the first horror movies I saw. 
This image stuck with me for so fucking long, messed me up so much, because, like, his face is smashed, and just completely, like, eyeballs bulging and hanging out, his tongue's, like, dangling out of his mouth. It's blood, just wet. His face is all blood. It's so fucked. And this this stuck with me for the longest time. Such great. Like, Savini at the top of it. And the fact that, like, he's holding up a sign, like, every now and then that says stuff, but pretty much his... His line that he repeats over and over again is, Thanks for the ride, lady. Yep. Thanks for the ride. Uh, oh, it's so creepy. My brother used to say that to me all the time, just to <laughs> remind me of his fucked up, smashed up face, and it would fuck me up and give me a nightmare that so, night. So, yeah, so in the end, yeah, it, it, it gets her, and the garage door closes yeah. with her car running, so she, you know, the, basically dies, you know, I guess from the supernatural element of it, but, like, from carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. Her husband comes home to find her, and you see, when he opens the garage door and finds her body, that's the guy that called 911 yeah. for the hitchhiker mm-hmm. in the beginning of the story. Yeah, that's the craziest part of the story, mm-hmm. is that the, the oh, guy the husband? who pulls that, yeah. up is the, the husband. The guy that pulls yeah. up and pulls out his car phone to call 911 is the husband. That's her husband. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even fucking Oh, you didn't get the suit uh-huh. I was too obsessed with the with the FX and the makeup and yeah. stuff. I now, didn't realize that's it. that's her husband. Yeah, it was yeah her she's talking. Yeah, when she gets home, she's like, he's not even fucking home yet, and all that happened. Mm. I think the only reason... That she beat him home. Was well, because he was at the accident? It's because he was at the accident. Mm-hmm. Yep. Otherwise, would... they would have gotten home at like the same exact time and be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Man, weird. Yeah. Weird. Weird. It's Super a good story, good. though. Very also, good. Yeah. Very, very good. Super yeah. good. So, um, it, it ends the wraparound story yeah. with yeah. the kid, the, similar similar to the very first similar, one. Yeah. The kid buys, actually, in the first one, you can see the the the, the coupon for, for the... For mm-hmm. the man-eating plants in the book when they're mm-hmm. thumbing the, through it. The Venus flytrap. So so the, the cartoon kid orders that, and then they eat all the bullies. It's pretty yeah. messed yeah, up. Get, well, it's, it's, it's funny because you see that he, what happens is he orders Venus flytrap bulbs, and the bullies find, like, they catch up with him, and he's got his package with mm-hmm. the, the bulbs in it. And the bullies take take them out and smash the bulbs. So you think, like, oh, he doesn't get his Venus flytraps. Well, what happens is the kid kicks the one guy in the nards, and, like, they chase after him, and the kid leads them to, like, this, like, I don't know, this deserted area. Like, it's like, this, a, like, it's like a junkyard or something. Yeah, like, where he's already grown. Where, yeah, you see he's he's already been growing Venus flytraps, and now they're huge man-eating plants, and one by one, those bullies are breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and I always loved that about the EC Comics, is one thing that they never did, one group of people they never did dirty was kids. Kids yeah. always had the upper hand in those. Like, whether it was a shitty, abusive parents that they got the one up on, or, like, they always upped the bullies. And it was always the nerdiness, the love of the comics, the, the supernatural that would mm-hmm. save them. And I, being a kid who was super nerdy and picked on all the time and shit, that was always so fucking awesome and can empowering I, for me. Can I tell you something that probably explains that? At the very end of the movie, after the credits, there is a quote from when they invented the comics code and all that bullshit in the 80s. Where it's someone speaking up against it, like this is a bunch of bullshit. A comic book, horror movie, all that stuff's not gonna fuck up your kid. Parents need to take responsibility for what happens with their kids because they're the ones that are the primary influence in their lives. There's some quote like that at the very end, and I think that completely feeds into that. And children, they, even though they might like things that are dark 
and fucked up, they are innocent, and they're not going to turn into monsters just because you play a Doom video game or you read a horror comic book. Yeah. So, and I really like that that quote was there, and I don't know if I ever saw that before. No, that's cool. I didn't know that was there. And such a big fuck you to the 1986 through 88, like, Nancy Reagan error, like, trying to make ratings Temper tougher gore, all that and bullshit, all that yeah. fucking bullshit, right? Yeah. Because the, it does. The pendulum sw- swings against us every once in a while, and even right now, look at what fucking Twitter did with the... Uh, or Instagram. In, sorry, with what Instagram did with the fucking hashtag horror. Like, fuck that, man. Like, I am so done with this fucking moral bullshit, you know? It's it's ridiculous. So, that is Creepshow. Yeah! And Creepshow 2. Some of my favorite movies, especially the first one. Mid-I-T. But the second one is so rooted in my horror history that I will never, ever say a bad word about it, even though it's not, it's not the best horror movie. It's not the best horror movie. It's got problematic elements in it. Um... <laughs> But, it holds up well. But I think it holds up really well. It's got amazing makeup. It's yeah. got some good tense scenes. Agreed. And And honestly, it's just, it's iconic for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I really enjoy it. And I think the first Creep Show is just a really good entry in the canon and something that people pound for pound respect. So I think two quality movies. Yeah, I, I, really, I, I agree. I think that we need more interesting shit like this for horror. I think, I think that we kind of get trapped in these trends and we kind of forget, like, the bigger picture sometimes. And it's not just about, like, you know, making the best version of this. You know, there's a bunch of different, like, things you could pull from for horror. And and I'm glad that these movies exist because I wouldn't know about all this stuff. And it created, it gave me access to things like scary stories telling the dark and all sorts of stuff like that that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this stuff. Yeah, well, so, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. I also think that, like, if you want to find that these days... The, the only silver lining of, like, all of the overabundance of ease of getting shit out there is that there's a lot of good independent horror doing it, right? All right, so before we end this episode, two things we want to talk about real quick. Um, May 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd is the first ever pop, rock, and horror convention. It's going to be held at the Eisenhower Hotel Convention Center in Gettysburg. Uh, we have a booth there. Our bros from Horror Movie Night have a booth there. Uh, Marissa and our lovely Katie, uh, we have our mise en screen booth there. So we're all going to be there. We highly recommend it, guys. Please head over to Pop Rock and Horror. You can find them on Facebook. You can find their website. I highly, highly recommend you check it out. They have an amazing guest lineup for this being, like, I don't know anything about how conventions work, but for the first ever, we've got a Return of the Living Dead reunion. We've got um, Night of the Demons reunion. We've got the two stars from... Behind the Mask, the story of Leslie Vernon. Like, this thing, I I am so excited. Saturday Night Bonfire with the celebrities. Like, this is going to be such a fun weekend. Like I said, we are going to be there. We, We Please, please go check out their group on Facebook. Please check out the website. And... Seriously, guys, this sounds like it's going to be an amazing weekend. We we adore the guys running this, and we ask you to please uh, check it out. Come see us. Come hang out. Pop, Rock, and Horror, again, that's May 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd in Gettysburg. So the other thing I want to talk about, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. We've posted. I'm going to direct you to Dark Hills Gaming Facebook page. Marissa and I had the pleasure of talking to Joe on his podcast, Scary Stories to Pod in the Dark, where we go over stories from the book and we talk about the stories in general. But alongside of that, Joe also runs um, these camp weekends and they have camp blood and they do these, I guess, 
uh, I don't know how to explain it, like kind of LARPing. Like reenacting the movies. Reenacting experience, these kind of live experiences. Anyway, uh, June 15th, they are doing Camp Blood Goes to Hell, where they are basically doing a Jason Goes to Hell scenario. And you can, again, go to brownpapertickets.com and you can look for Camp Blood Goes to Hell. You can find Dark Hills Gaming on Facebook. You can find the Facebook group for more information. So again, that's going to be Saturday, June 15th. It's Saturday and Sunday. And you get to have a whole camp experience where basically Jason's coming for you and you have to survive the weekend. Um, They've done other camps like this before with Jason and things like that. And again, if you go to the Dark Hills Gaming Facebook group, you're going to find pictures and and see other reviews about it. So uh, Joe was such an amazing and awesome guy. Uh, We want to do nothing but promote this and get people to come out. Again, you can hear us. uh, If you look for scary stories to pod in the dark on SoundCloud, you can find his episodes. We were in, uh, Marissa and I were on the most recent episode where we read the last three in scary stories to tell in the dark and then obviously they've moved on to even more scary i think it's more scary stories to tell in the dark they're going to go through the whole series so again dark hills gaming you can find them on facebook and from there you'll find more information on the next camp blood weekend with that being said don't forget to check out our social media goings-ons at facebook uh instagram and twitter as well as our website jerseyghouls.com and if you get bored and you just simply want more horror in your life please head over to mesonscream.com where me and my partner katie will wax on academic about all things horror and all things sociology so definitely check out all the good things that we've got going on and we hope to see you out there at some of these events i'm not doing anything yes you are you're doing you're oh out. my god i'm just kidding you're coming out yo you're yeah. i am hiding behind you i can't blood so oh, <laughs> i'm gonna get murdered yep i'm gonna it's gonna get operation get behind the knee once i'm <laughs> once i'm dead you have no more meat shield <laughs> that's the only reason why oh we're no you know. All right, well, it's nice knowing you guys. Bye bye. Bye. I wish I was special. You're so very special. But I'm a listening to the Geekscape Network.